saying that this show will be full of fire and brimstone. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yes, after your uh, updated bathroom break. Uh, uh, yes, I would say that's accurate. You know, we were planning on doing this show about an hour ago, but things just haven't transpired that way. I mean, but you want to tell them why for the people who didn't get to see the live video? Uh, you want yeah, to spell yeah, it out yeah. for them? I can, I, can, I can bear to speak about it uh, now. Uh, you know, lost a bet. You shouldn't have picked the Celtics to beat the Bucks, And I had to eat, I don't know what the name of it is because it's in Korean lettering. Two times spicy ramen. Two times spicy ramen. <laughs> a giant pack of the spiciest ramen noodles in the world. So if you want to know which ones that I'm talking about, just Google world's spiciest ramen noodles and that that's going to be it and uh, you know it was tolerable it's like eating extremely hot chicken wings uh, the first first bite gets you the second bite gets you a little worse by the time you're third and fourth bite it was uh, it was bad i was sweating the nose was running i had tears uh rock gut set in and we were sitting down getting ready to start the show and i had to um vacate the premises so to speak well for you for, for uh, I can't even talk. I think it's because of a few bites I had. But <laughs> for those of you who didn't see the live video, um, it's it's on our page. So check it out. It's seven minutes worth of uh, Chad the Mark, you know, struggling through the bites of the spicy ramen. I, I did struggle. And then I, I put a video up in the comments to show him finishing the last bit of the noodles and actually slurping the bow, which I thought was a ballsy move. And, and I think he'll agree. That that was uh, something I felt like I had to do, but I immediately regretted doing so. And I, I will say it was a very large bowl of noodles, so I do want to give you some props for having a couple bites. You were, you were at least interested enough to try. You oh, weren't absolutely. so much of a of a Nancy boy where you wouldn't even go near it. You, you definitely jumped into it and... And then I convinced you, it's like, the first bite's not bad. The second bite's when it starts to get you. So what did you do? Came back for your second. So I appreciate the, the moral support. Uh, I, I know uh, it's it's uh, still a victory for you where you can gloat. And, uh, of course, you will do such. Like you said, it's for the brand, my man. It's, it's all for the brand. Yeah. That being said, Biggie, you know, you weren't, you weren't down here to, to witness any of that. And I'm more than happy to send you a pack of spicy number two, uh, extra spicy ramen, if you want it. Well, you want me to list you on my life insurance before I do that, or what? Hey, if your policy's worth anything, sure, why not? Sounds like uh, a win. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll I mean, get you one sudden, share of fun in the sun. All of a sudden, I feel like it's uh, a win-win here because now I get to share the uh, the pain that, as we're discussing this, you know, I, I still feel like I have a burning ball of elephant farts in my stomach or something. <laughs> I, I can't even describe it. Uh, and it's just sitting there. But we're gonna we're gonna suck it up and make it through. But uh, you know, when you when you get down here this summer, you know, we, we gotta we gotta up the ante on something here. I, I can't be the one always on the short end of the stick here. Well quit making bad bets. It's because you guys won't take risky bets. You have to take what you feel like is a sure thing. So I try to weed the field and take what I feel like is going to be the best. No, no. For the record, you get too excited on things that you shouldn't be excited over. And you come to me for bets, and I'm like, okay, stupid, I'll take that bet. So let's be clear. They are, I will admit, they are emotionally charged. Exactly. So you you come to me with the stupid bet, I'm going to take it. Now, that's your problem for going above and beyond. All right, so we're we're done with all that because the, the Celtics are eliminated. You know, as we're we're talking right now, we do have the 
the Bucks and the Raptors playing what looks to be a pretty exciting game with about four minutes left. So we'll see what happens by the time we get to the end of that game. But a lot's happened since uh, Mr. Brown and I talked last week. The the Warriors, we we pretty much buried them. Oh, uh, I buried them. I, I agreed with you. I buried them worse than anybody. I, I'm eating crow right now. I I talked about Curry. Why did I make that bet? Yeah, exactly. I said Curry can't even satisfy his wife. He can't. <laughs> he can't lead a series of uh, you know wrap up here, and he did. I mean, let's be honest. Like in, in the Dre video that we all talked about, which didn't materialize that well, but like everyone literally forgot about Steph Curry just because Durant's been on his team. But I mean, he's still the same guy that was there leading to the charge and winning championships before Durant came. Oh, I just want to say, you said we all forgot about Steph Curry. I did not. Let's make that clear. I missed out on you. Wait, 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 wait. I, I don't recall. I don't recall you making any statements. Houston's going to run them. And I said, no, Splash Brothers, they'll roll. And they did. I've heard you say that, but I'm, I didn't necessarily mean – we don't know sports, you know, nation. I'm talking about like not us three. I'm thinking like the country as a whole. Well, everybody wrote them off. It was like Steph Curry is shooting like crap. And he, he was. So, I mean, the way he was playing, I feel like the whole country wrote him off. Not just, I'm, of course, Mr. Canadian Biggs, of course, got it right. Like he does every other time. He's self-proclaimed genius. <laughs> but you had to, you had to feel like. Something was amiss with that game six against Houston because Curry didn't score in the first half. Your your prediction was that Clay Thompson was going to have a great game. It's gonna be the guy. And Curry was gonna be a little under, you know, what an MVP. That was right for the first half. Yeah, and I was like, wow, and, and it was really looking like you were right on point there. But I think what Biggie, what was the score at halftime? Do you remember? Was it like a two point game or, or something? Uh, it was two or four. And he was scoreless. Right. He was scoreless, but but the gap at halftime, it was still such a close game. Such a close game. And for Curry to not score and it to be that close, you had to feel like maybe Houston wasn't doing everything they could to put this game away. Or were they doing everything they could and they just can't get over the hump? James Harden's been to the finals with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's been to the conference finals before Chris Paul came. Chris Paul is that perennial... He he looks real good. He's nice and sexy, but he's not marriage material. He gets you to the second round. <laughs> he was healthy. KD went down. If you're an all-NBA player, one of the best point guards ever, blah, 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 max player, pull your team over to hump there. You should be playing in the conference finals. It was your I mean, year a title. I mean, I'll say this. Chris Ball had his best game of the series by far in that game. He picked up for Harden Slack. He had a great game. I was writing Chris or Chris Paul off last week and saying how garbage he was. He had the best game of the series, yeah, he's still and, and they still lost. But, I mean, I think a lot of it, too, like, let's be real. Curry had a great game. I mean, let's, a great half. Right. Clay Thompson was consistent. He was right there doing his thing. But I, played well. I think the unsung hero here is Andre Iguodala, who I absolutely love. And he is an absolute playoff performer. Like Iguodala performs in the playoffs. Yeah. I love Iguodala, man. He's an older guy. He's a vet. But he averaged like 14 points a game in that series. Well, he's Some of his to. better work. He's got to because where's their depth now? I'm just saying. 
He's he's a good ball player, man. I mean, he was a big money man when he first came to the league and was in Philadelphia. He is a good baller. He was AI number two because of who he plays with, but he's good. He's been one of those guys though that's evolved as as his career has gone on. He's not one of those that's like, oh, I got to be the guy. He's not trying to hang on. Yeah, he was the sixth man for a while, and now he's back in the starting lineup. And he's like, you know, you need me, I'm going to produce. But and that's what he does. Are, is Sean Livingston and Andre or Iguodala and Livingston man, like just for role players? Like they fit so freaking well. With I, I, I value um, Iguodala so much more than Livingston, but saying, I agree with you. I, I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying, but Livingston's the other. He's one found a, he's found his niche with the Warriors for sure. Absolutely, but so here here was a big thing that everybody was talking about, or at least some people wanted to talk about, was maybe there was a chance the Warriors are better without Durant, which we said was BS, and I still say that. And now you're going to hear that a little bit more because they they closed out Houston. Well, first they they closed out the one game when Durant got hurt because that was tight. Then they won game six. Now they came out and they they pretty much led the Blazers wire to wire in game one. But if you watch that game, the Blazers played absolutely terrible. The, the thing for me is I, I will never say that they're better without Durant. But they're they're still really good without Durant. Like this is still a team that's capable of winning the finals. I don't think it makes them the odds-on favorite or anything like that. But they've got the the pedigree. They've been there, you know, multiple times. You know, they they're still extremely dangerous with that squad they got. I think the thing that happens when Katie leaves is that Clay and Steph's roles are so much more defined each of them as far as how they're going to play on the offensive end it allows them to kind of be the players they are instead of maybe playing a little bit off of Durant to me you hear a lot of that well they don't need Durant they're just as good without him that man that's crap there's things that he can do that nobody else on the planet can do they are a better team with him but they're still a really really good team without him you got to remember Curry's back-to-back league MVP Clay's and all-star every year they could beat portland without kd but i don't think that they could beat milwaukee in the finals or toronto without kd it's kind of it's kind of a weird situation because when i look at the warriors i i don't think they need kd now if they want to be the best team day in and day out they need kd but they could still find a way to win the whole thing without kd they're that freaking good that you could actually say that. Like, how many other teams out there you could take a star player off of? And, the and best say, player in the league. Yeah. I mean, arguably top three. You know, I, he's I mean, the best player. You could make the argument for Giannis. You could, make, you, could, you could make the argument for guys like Kawhi Leonard, maybe James Harden. He's probably more of a scorer, but, you know, one, one of the best. I, I'm, I'm probably putting him one or two. I don't know. Is are, are they going to rush him back? Is he going to play this series? He's already out for like, game two. Yeah, out the first two for sure. And I think that he sits game. They win the first two. He sits game three. They win it. It doesn't matter if they were to lose the next one after that. He sits the whole series. I think originally they were saying like a six to ten days, and then they would reevaluate. But the Trailblazers are kind of like the Rockets. 2.0, you know, ISO ball from backcourt and then not a whole lot of anything down low. So they're going to win this series without Durant. They should be as 
safe as they can and then try and work him. And uh, what I hear is Boogie Cousins could be ready for the finals, too. I don't know. Uh, I that. have not heard that. But, no way. Well, I, I would I not I would keep him on the sidelines. Yeah. Well, you're trying to work too many guys back in. I think it hurts you more than it helps you if you try to do that. I mean, I'm going to say this. Like, anybody that's ever played pickup ball in their life, you get like three studs on a team, right? You all know that you're going to – you look at the other team and you say, we're going to destroy this other team. And you have that vibe. Like, I'm going to kill this other team. So – it's not going to matter that like if so and so's missing a shot or this other guy's not hustling, the third all star is going to pick up the slack, right? That's what they do with Durant. You got Clay, you got Curry, you got Durant. They're loaded. No, but my point is, is it don't matter if somebody has an off day; they're still going to win. The only thing that changes now is that Clay and Curry have to be the man, like they can be, and they have less room for error. That's the only difference. Right. You could actually have two All-Stars have a bad game, and they could still win. And now, still win. Now, now it's down to where one could probably struggle a little bit. But if they have a real bad game, you're right. They're done. But let, let me just pose this out there to you. Is there any way in the world this possibly happens where what if what if KD comes back for the finals? And let, let's say the Warriors sweep the Blazers. They're, they got all the momentum. They're going into the finals. And then they lose in the finals with Durant plan. He means if he don't play this series and then comes back? Doesn't play this series. Then he comes back next series and they lose the finals. I mean, it could happen. I mean, what? How, how's that going to go? I mean, he's going to leave anyway, so who cares? I mean, everybody's going to be like, yeah. Then, then you're really going to hear all the Warriors fans, we're better off without him. You're right. And then Clay goes right behind him, too. <laughs> to the Clippers? Yep. Well, the Warriors offer Clay the max, he'll stay. Anything else, he'll... He'll see what's out there for him. I, I just think that the Warriors are a really good team either way, but when you have Durant, he does things for you that no one else can do, and it, that's what puts you over the top, makes you, like uh, Chad was saying, the best team day in and day out. I don't see how, if he's completely healthy, they could lose to the Raptors or the Bucks in the finals. I mean, they're both really good teams. Kawhi and Giannis are all-world players, but after that, for the Warriors, you have Steph and Clay and Draymond and Iggy, and what do you got for these other teams? A bunch of guys who maybe made an all-star game here, they're like, Kyle Lowry, come on. They're going to win the title. We all know that. You know, I think even if you if you hate the Warriors, they're still fun to watch. To me, they're, they are a ton of fun to watch, maybe a little more fun when KD isn't there because they move the ball a little better. All right, well, moving over to the East, the only series that was still going on because the almost sweep of the Celtics by the Bucks. You still had the Raptors and the Sixers going at it, and we kind of we kind of crapped all over the Sixers and was like they're not even they're not even in this anymore, and, and yet they pushed Toronto to seven games. Well, to my defense, I, I did say six the whole time, and uh, one was, of you, one was, of you two said five. I, I was five. I said I said Toronto in six. I had Toronto winning, but I said they'd do it in five. I was uh, really surprised that okay. Philly yeah. Philly came around as the way that they did in the back end, back end of that series. I mean, they they looked like a different team by the time it started getting into the latter part of the series. But I was also 
you know, taking into account all the issues you're having with Embiid, and they kind of go as he goes. They do. You know, Ben Simmons is the potential to be one of the best five players in the league if he determines that he wants to be a really good basketball player. Well, he can't shoot. I haven't seen yet, but he can't shoot. He never be top five. Stat where in the entire series he took like one shot outside of twelve feet or something like that. Like it was like look, shots in the paint, and then it had range. And in seven games, he took one shot. It was either outside of the paint or outside of twelve feet. Now, people will criticize Giannis for not being able to shoot, but when we talk about Ben Simmons, like the dude literally can't shoot. It's a whole nother level. Like, like at all. Like my ten-year-old girl shoots better. Like Giannis, Biggs, get out there and be a shooting coach, man. There's something for you. Get out there and show this guy how to shoot. That high arching over the head shot. Come on. Show him, Biggs. It goes in. He's 6'10. I tell you what, I could teach him how to That's shoot. Cool. He just needs to give me a tenth of a salary and hook me up with a Jenner. Hook you up with a Jenner. Oh, yeah. Or a Kardashian. Whichever Kate, ones are already. Caitlin? No, it's Kylie. Caitlin. He wants I Caitlin. <laughs> Hey, she is going to be in sports. She's going to be in Sports Illustrated nude. That that is come out, Caitlin slash Bruce. Oh my God, this world's right. going hell. And, I think, and, I think and we'll, the body issue. I think we'll move right along. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh well, you don't have to say. <laughs> so, <laughs> regardless of how the series turned out with the Raptors and, and the the Seventy Sixers, the only thing. Hold on. Uh, go ahead. Before you go there, I like to say this: like we all sh- we all shit on the Sixers. Yep. Uh, and a lot of it for me was the dysfunction of the team and so many divas. Correct. How are they going to like last in a series against like Toronto, who's kind of like a well-oiled machine, we except for Lowry's like playoff <laughs> uh, production? But they did a not really nice job. But Jimmy Butler's gone. Tobias Harris is still going to be gone. Yep. So what's next for the Sixers in the process? Trust? Yeah. <laughs> Do you trust it? Uh, I trust him to get to the second round for the next five years. I mean, without those two guys? Second round, yeah. Okay. In the East, I mean, come on. You really think the the Knicks are going to be putting something together? I didn't say the Knicks. I'm just saying. I mean, the, my, my Bulls, baby. <laughs> the, the thing about the Sixers – is just you're right. It screams dysfunction. I mean, there's there's no way, no way Butler resigns with them, right? Like, there's no way. He, in fact, like of all the turmoil and everything that he had at the beginning of the year, and for him to end up in Philadelphia, it seems like he kind of did himself the greater good by the way he ended up handling himself in Philadelphia. So I think most teams are probably going to forget about all that. He handled it well. I think most people are going to forget about the the diva stuff that he had in Minnesota. Well, I was telling Biggs earlier when you was on your. Uh, Shit and fire break. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, Butler is actually now the favorite to go back to Chicago. That's the odds on favorite. How do you feel about that? I don't know if I like it as a Bulls fan. I like Otto Porter right now at this point. Well, I mean, you know, he didn't leave Chicago. They traded him. I mean, he he kind of forced the hand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not really for it that much. If they did it, it wouldn't be the end of the world kind of thing, I guess. All right, so you're saying there's a chance. You guys, yeah, absolutely. If you guys were uh, Elton Brand and you're running the 76ers and you can have Tobias Harris 
or Jimmy Butler back on a long-term deal with 20 you bring him back? I did not know that. Yeah, he's the GM. Wait a minute now. Let me stop. Yeah. Stop there for a second. I know he's a Duke boy. I always liked him. I, th- I feel like his best years were wasted in Clippers uh, land out there, but I had no idea Alton Brand was a GM. He had some oh, good yeah. years with the Bulls, too. Yeah. But he started to, you know, he was on the downside. That was the beginning, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was started with the Bulls. Yeah. Then he went to the Clippers. Yeah. Then where did he go? 76ers oh. or somewhere? At some point, 76ers. <laughs> he was with the Hawks and the Suns. He he got well traveled towards the end. Yeah. He was twenty ten guy with the Bulls. Yeah, he was, why did, who did they trade him for? They traded him, right? I don't know. It was, oh, that wait, was wait, during wait, the Marcus Pfizer years. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about this we last week, us. didn't? Isn't this how Chandler and Curry came about? Elton Brand was there, and they unloaded Elton Brand so go get them young horses. You know. Revisionist history is still history. Let's move forward. I asked you guys <laughs> a question which you have not answered yet. Uh, All, right. All right. So All right. ask the question again. Sorry. So if you were running 76ers and you could have either Tobias Harris back or Jimmy Butler on a long-term deal, say a four-year deal, you can only have one. Which one do you bring him back? Jimmy Butler. To fit Jimmy finish Butler. the process. I'm saying Tobias Harris. I'm saying Jimmy Butler. So why do you say Butler and why do you say Harris? Butler's a more proven commodity. He's done it longer. Because he's a Ninja he, Turtle, man. He's a Ninja and Turtle. Said. He's got some sweet Ninja. Have you seen his nunchuck skills? No, I mean, <laughs> who stepped up in the playoffs more for the Sixers than, than Jimmy Butler? I think with Embiid and Simmons being younger players, that dog that Butler has in him would offset that well. You, you, so you like Butler there better so than why, Harris? Why Tobias then, Mr. Brown? I think his mentality fits what the 76ers need with Simmons and Embiid going forward better than what Harris does. No, I, I got you. I feel like definitely uh, Butler is like the alpha male kind of thing. When he steps onto the floor in the gym, he wants to yep. make people know that he's going to impose his will on them. I agree with you 100%. But I feel like – not really so much Simmons, but Embiid, if he's healthy. I feel like Embiid's going to be the leader of that team in the, in the future, or if not right now. I don't feel like Embiid and Butler could coexist together um, more mm-hmm. so as like Tobias Harris would be like, he's a great player. He put up 20 with the Clippers. It's not like he don't produce. He just does it in a quieter kind of way and does his business and don't say much. But that's exactly what they need. But tying it back to Embiid – you know, I know they decided to keep the Sixers are deciding to trust the process with their head coach. The process is him. over. They're keeping him next year. He's not going anywhere, which I think a lot of Philly fans are probably not happy about that. Now, do you feel like Embiid needs to be reined in a little bit, though? Like, is he too out there and all over the place and just kind of doing what he wants, like when he wants? I mean, what are you uh, saying? Gr- grown men can't cry? Well, no, you know, he, I, <laughs> revisionist history ain't going to change that. <laughs> I'm just glad and finally put the crying Jordan meme. The, 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 uh, it's the crying and beam uh, now. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, I'm not saying his heart's not in it, man. Grown men can cry. It's all good. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, they lost the championship. No, well, they lost the conference champion. 
No, no, no. They lost the second round. <laughs> He's crying over the second uh, round. Yeah. But, you know, I, I get, you know, playing with your heart and all that stuff. That's going to change it. But, about second round playoffs? <laughs> second round playoffs? 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 We can't even beat the Raptors. Yeah, exactly. That's where we're at right now. And he's crying. What makes it great? Hmm. <laughs> but my, my point is, uh, like, he's he's a little out there in his interviews, social media. He, he's kind of, you know, doing his own thing. He, he beats he, – he dances to a different beat and all that, you know. So, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, if, if you get rid of a dog like Butler – I mean, do you really want Embiid? Is Embiid your leader in the in the locker room? I think Embiid's a hell of a player, but his mindset is not that of a championship. He's not, no. He can't be your leader in the locker room. You can have a veteran who is not as good on the court, who's kind of the heartbeat of your team. I don't think Embiid's that guy. Yeah, he's kind of, I, 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 I may, may be way off base here, but he kind of reminds me, like his personality is almost like that of a Shaq. You know, he's not nearly as dominant or as good as Shaq. He's good, but, you know, his personality, the way he does these interviews, the little sound bites he gives you, his antics and stuff like that. Like, I could see Embiid having a feud with Butler like you're talking about. Like, I could see that blowing up. So, I don't I don't know what you even do there. I like that you move on from Tobias Harris because he's a really good player. The thing that I kind of wondered about him when he went to Philadelphia was when he played with the Clippers, he was kind of – the only guy there, other than Lou, you know, Lou, 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 Lou Williams coming off the bench. <laughs> up the bench. So it was easier for him to get his numbers. He didn't seem to feel comfortable mixing in as well when he was with two or three other really good players. The only reason I would pick Butler over him, kind of like I was just saying, Butler's that older veteran. He's that dog. He's that, all right, boys, let's see who can do this. You might be more talented, but I want it more. You're either doing that or you're trying to trade Simmons for LeBrick. No, uh, Butler, hands down, is the guy that's going to punch you in the mouth in practice if you don't feel like you're giving <laughs> enough effort. Let's be real. That's the truth. Yeah, we've heard those stories. Yeah. But my real question is, how do you butcher Lou Williams' name? It's, it's one syllable. Lou. It's a tough one to pronounce. Wow. If the U was silent or not, <laughs> it's low. Yeah, low. Get low. Get low. Get low. Wait, how do you? How many different ways do you pronounce Lou? Lou Ryder. Hey, he comes off the bench. Lou Williams. Because <laughs> uh, bench players, we don't need to pronunciate right. <laughs> well, we should move on now. All right, so let's talk about the only thing that everyone wanted to talk about the past couple of days, and that was that freaking shot from Kawhi. I mean, oh, was outstanding. I, I mean that that was. I mean, do throw up a brick. Let's be honest. All right, <laughs> that thing had no chance to go in, and it took the most. I, I I can't even think of a time where I've seen a shot that hung like that. For all the kids at home, if you put up your shot with a little bit of arc on it, they call that shooting it soft. You can get those bounces. Well, he got several of them times before it went in. He got super lucky. But he gave it a chance. I mean, both of you were watching the game live, correct? Absolutely. Yes. I was watching that, and I saw him fling that shot up, fading away from the corner, and it just kept bouncing around. And I, I swear. Tom, Tom stood still. It stood still, and you're like, 
like you're just sitting there in disbelief and then it falls in and i was just like because i remember we were in a completely different conversation you know you know texting back and forth and all of a sudden that just just overcome what we were talking about like that's like a top 10 or maybe even top five playoff moment ever the way that shot fell and just the there's the this spark behind it. it it blew me away I, mean, I haven't seen a shot like that and i can remember and, and was it the first time in nba history that game seven was decided on a buzzer beater i don't know i think it was it yeah, blew it was me away seven. the best thing is go back and watch it watch the players on the court watch the fans watch everybody else frozen in time as that ball just hangs in the balance forever and like nobody's moving, and the best the best picture of the season from the NBA was the one that showed Embiid and Kawhi over in the corner. Uh, Kawhi's kind of on the ground, you know, looking for the ball to go in, and you can just—I mean—that was time stood still right there, captured in that moment. Well, it's just perfect because in your lifetime, have you ever seen a game winner where the, when the ball went through the net, it was anything other than the guy like just hitting the ground, his hand still up in the air. Kawhi's out of bounds, bit down on his knees, looking up at it. Is this going to go in or not? It was, uh, it was like made for a movie type ending. Speaking of movies, the, the best thing that I saw all week was uh, the remake of Kawhi laughing to Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that was it. Good. Was it was uh, great? Like who I, does that, that? That was outstanding. Uh, who makes that stuff? oh so good that was like that that won the internet for the day for me Uh, absolutely it it was it was up there it was great so the uh the the question is you know we just got done watching uh well before i get to the the eastern conference finals let's talk about Kawhi real quick Is, is he he's endeared himself to the Raptors fans more than he probably ever could have before that. I mean, he, he's, they, they will love that guy forever. How do they get him to stay? And is there any chance he stays? Like, I think we said last week that, or at least Biggie, if I'm not mistaken, just nod yes or no. You said, even though they won the title, he's gone. Uh, I think is what you said, or maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, is that right? Uh, I think it was Biggie that said it. You're I'm absolutely fairly right. certain that Biggie said that if, if uh, even if they won it all, he'd be out because he wants to go back to Southern California. Because I was, I was clamoring for uh, Leonard to stay with the Raptors, man, embrace Canada and be like, right. you went to the finals and let's build on something well, here. Well, I mean, and here's the thing, like, you have a chance to build a legacy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a- after the kind of rocky, you know, ending there with San Antonio, and, and let's be honest, San Antonio has always been a collective more than a superstar. Now, Toronto, you can go up there and be the man. And, yeah. And, like, it, it's funny how we kind of see things go full circle. I feel like uh, we're, we're starting to see, you know, players want to reverse the trend of the super team now. Does it seem that it way? It seems that way a little bit. I mean, maybe maybe you're t- – Other than Golden State. But but how, that was just KD. Everything else is yeah. drafted. Everything else is homegrown. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting to see how that stuff plays out, but – I guess my question is, after that dramatic win and the way that city is embracing him, and my God, did you see the crowd outside the stadium? That was unreal. Is that Does that make Kawhi – does he see that at all? Does he see that environment, or does he just see Toronto in the wintertime and say, I need to get the F out of here? 
I think he sees all that. And look, I've said, I think he's gone. I think he's going back to Southern California, but if he were to stay in Toronto, I would be surprised, but not completely shocked because with his personality and the way he was in San Antonio, he wants to ball, doesn't want 10 microphones in his face every day. Toronto's a great place to do that. Like you just said, he can create a legacy there. It's going to be much easier year in and year out to win through the East than it will be in the West. And uh, Toronto's really passionate. It's a beautiful city. I mean, Kawhi, man, he, he's a weird dude. He's got a weird personality. For us, or any of us, or even national media to sit here and try to speculate on what he's going to do, none of us really know, man, because he's one of the weirdest athletes I've ever come across and seen him interviewing. Like, the things that make normal athletes tick don't make him tick. I mean, so I don't know what he's going to do, and I don't think anybody really does. He's a grown-ass man in 2019 that still has cornrows. Right. That shows Absolutely. how he is. Yeah. I mean, that Latrell spring was over, gonna go first. But did you watch his interview at the end of, after that uh, game winner? <laughs> yeah. Like, he just. I was he, like, is this dude happy or not? He was just like, I can't remember what he said, but he was real deep. Like, that's yes, what we got to do to win the city. It's like Popovich. Yeah, but it blew I mean, me away because, like, none of us can sit here and say he's going to do this or he's going to do that because the guy's, the guy's different, man. He's going to do what he's going to do, and I think that thing probably changes from week to week, whatever his mentality is. Day to day, probably. Maybe, but you know what? If, if Man, I, I just know as a, uh, you know, unathletic guy sitting on a cheetah print couch right now. Yeah. That You're welcome. You see, you see that crowd reaction. You see the adoration of the fans. You know that Toronto, you know, packs the house. They even got the little celebrity flavor in there with the Drake and, and doing the curse and that's whatnot. The, that's the curse, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, all that stuff, you know, it's it's kind of a unique situation. I don't know. Man, not for everybody, but for an eclectic dude like Kawhi, I could see him sticking around, but I still think he's probably out. I think they have to win it all for him to stay. I mean, I'll say this, though. To my Toronto, you know, they haven't won anything. There's one of the expansion teams, but, like, what the hell has uh, Vancouver slash Memphis done? It's terrible. Who? Exactly. Like, they've done nothing. At least Toronto's on the basketball map now. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. They're rebuilding. Yeah, but they've done nothing since their inclusion in the NBA. Do you still wish they were in Vancouver? I still wish they had v- Big Country Reeves coming out the oh, tunnel. Big Country. What about Sharif Abdurrahim, man? He was a baller. He was good. But I'm just saying, like, Toronto's done a, a much better job of not only getting star power, but building towards something. And uh, Vancouver slash Memphis ain't done nothing. So, like, I think Toronto would be a favorable spot going forward for anybody wanting to go to the East. So, has Toronto got a chance against the Bucks at all? I think I got- it'll go. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say real quick. I think it's going to go five games. After you all said six or seven, five games to the Bucks are going to win. You always, what do you all got? Prove me wrong this time, please. I think uh, the Bucks take it in six. I, I think you're both uh, wrong. I think Toronto. I think Toronto wins at least two, and they they they'll get they'll get at least one at home. I, maybe they only win two in Toronto, and that's it. But I, I don't know. I, I don't see it going to seven. I. 
I, I would lean cl- closer to if if it's going to be five, you might as well just say Milwaukee would sweep them. So to be fair, we already know the result of tonight's game. Milwaukee put away Toronto, so it's already one nothing. So Biggs, what are you calling it? Well, to be honest with you, I really feel like it could be a seven-game series with Kawhi and those cornrows going to the finals. That's only if Kawhi balls out, Kyle Lowry doesn't suck like he normally does. So you're saying Toronto and seven. Toronto and seven. No, if all those players played really well, they could dream of going to seven games. You're not stopping the Greek So, So ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. How many games is the series going to be? It's going to go six games. Okay. Well, why are you sitting there? What kind of jackass Nazi's head no? Like he disagrees or he said that we're both wrong? Is that what he said? You yeah, said six and he was just like, oh, oh you're, you're wrong. Oh, That's where you're wrong. No. <laughs> well, here's the thing. When I picked the like conferences, I had Raptors and Warriors in the finals. So I guess I have to stick with my pick. But watching the Bucks play last series against the Celtics and watching this first game tonight, they've just blown me away. Impressed me more than I, I don't know. I knew they were good, but I didn't realize they were that good. I mean, I had the Raptors winning too, but you know, that's fine. We're not if locked I got a in. Fresh, we're, we're not locked. It's not like the March Madness tournament. If I got a fresh start and there's nothing on the line, I'd say Bucks and six. So, but I did but, pick, uh, the Raptors. Now, uh, of, of the four teams left, I mean, I, Mr. Brown and I were talking about this earlier. If there's a team you want to win the whole thing more than anybody right now, is it Milwaukee? Yes. Thank you for that insight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I, what are you known for, Jeffrey Dahmer? I mean, come on now. Let's bring a title <laughs> to this city. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, it took me a second to yeah. tie that together. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know where uh, I go from here, but I was just I'm going to try to reel back into basketball. And I have picked the Bucks since the beginning of the playoffs started, and I'm sticking with the Bucks, baby. That's my team. You officially let me on the bandwagon last week. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna ride at the back, but I'm on there. All right. And you know, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that happened this week is the uh, NBA draft lottery. Now, I had a lot of people ask me, well, who went number one? You have to explain to people. No, dumbass, it's just the draft lottery. You're trying to, <laughs> trying to figure out who gets to draft. Like, it's such a bizarre concept. Like, I don't know. I didn't watch it. Is it ping pong balls still is that how they do it? They, they didn't show the ping pong balls. All the dude, the, the assistant GM, I guess is his, a title, would come out and show the envelopes of who was getting what picks. But That I, seems awful. It, it was so shady, but, like, I agree with you, like, I was sitting there watching it just because I wanted to see where the Bulls were and how it was going to shake out. And apparently this is the first year they decided they're going to like change the format where teams got uh, equal percentages and all that. It was like tiers, right? Yeah, it was crazy. So like I was sitting there watching it and Rhonda was like, what's this for? I'm like, it's the NBA draft. She's like, for what? (laughs) And she's like, who's getting picked? I'm like, no one's getting picked tonight. They're just figuring out who's picking where. And she just looked at me like I was crazy and walked off. Like, how does this? How does this prevent tanking again? Like, can you explain uh, that? 
I don't know. I Biggs, you got an answer. Your wife probably would look at you and say, why the hell are you watching this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm asking you. Most... I didn't watch it. Why are you watching this? Because everybody builds the NFL draft up to be so huge. You know it when is. the season ends, who's picking where. Here we're having a pre-draft lottery to determine which team, while the playoffs are still ongoing, is going to pick in which order based off of ping pong balls that we don't get to see bounce and get picked. Like, it's just bizarre. And I get the whole tier thing. You have a higher percentage chance. I don't. The Lakers had a 2% chance of the number one pick, and they got the number four pick. Like, right. That's garbage. I, I mean, is it fixed? Is it is it legitimately rigged? Like, no joking around. Do you no, think it is? I, I, let me step in here. There's no way it's fixed because there's no way – the NBA would have wanted New Orleans, Nolans, number one, followed by Memphis. There's no way yes, they the NBA would want that. No, yes, absolutely they, not. Yes, they would. Why would they want Memphis anywhere near anything? The same reason oh. why they wanted Orlando to get Shaq and Penny back in the day. Oh, my God. Come on. Oh, well, look at it this way. New Orleans is a franchise in turmoil. They had a lottery pick in 2012. And the Knicks aren't? The Knicks... Still sell out in spite themselves. All my my point is, if you got a big market team that's in turmoil, you want to resurrect them before you do like as piddly. They're not worried about the Knicks because they're going to but here's get the thing. KD. No, they're not. It's, not sure. The Knicks have been garbage for 15 years. They're still the second most valuable uh, NBA franchise after the Lakers. So maybe they get a free agent. Maybe they don't. But market wise, and they're going to be they're the Knicks. It's New York. Fine. They're going to be fine. I got it. They're the second most valuable team in the NBA, but does the NBA better when the Knicks suck or when they're good? Answer oh, that honestly. Are they? Are they not be- from a dollar standpoint? Are, are the is the NBA better when people don't even know that there's a basketball team in New Orleans? Absolutely. <laughs> if you have to pick the Knicks and the and the freaking Pelicans, you take the Knicks every single time. There's certain teams in each league that you need to be good for the betterment of the league. The Knicks are one of those teams. So which one is it? <laughs> well, I'm I'm saying I'm it's with you. I'm I'm saying there's some type of mass conspiracy. Do you? Because oh. what's the conspiracy then? Because the Knicks don't need the lottery pick. Because the Knicks are going to land the people that they want in free agency. They're still going to screw it up. All right. And the owner of the Knicks is such an asshat, there ain't no way Adam Silver wants to help him out. All right? He, he, he's bad publicity all the way around. Now, the, the Pelicans go to New Orleans. They've been a mess ever since they've been there. They haven't been worth anything since they got rid of Chris Paul. They got to get this ship righted real quick. They know they're going to lose Anthony Davis. Now, all of a sudden. So, is he going to stay? Well, that's a conversation now. Everybody's talking about that. I don't see how he is. No way. I mean, how could he? I mean, but they have to trade him. I mean, what if they don't trade him? Are they going to play him for three Wait quarters the all deadline. year next year? They shouldn't trade him this summer. Give him half a year to play with Zion unless he wiggles his way back to Duke and Nike just pays him $10 million somehow next year. Like, I agree that it's better for the NBA if the Knicks are a premier franchise, but they've been down for so long. The league's not hurting. This is their one last gasp. If they give Zion to New Orleans, they keep him on the map. 
Now AD and Kyrie can go to the Lakers. This is garbage. Everybody's happy. <laughs> it's, it's six Mr. degrees. Mr. Brown is furious. <laughs> I mean, that that's like saying the Cubs are garbage. They're never going to win the World Series. You think Major League Baseball is content with the Cubs being the lovable losers forever? No. They want the Cubs to be a good team, just like they should. The Knicks, they want to be a good team because that's the Freaking biggest market, I would argue, behind the Lakers. But the NBA is known for their conspiracies. I mean, we're frozen envelopes. I just mentioned the Orlando thing. They got a track record of this. Adam Adam Silver is a sneaky little man. Look at him. I'm not going to lie. He looks weird. He looks sneaky. I don't know what he's capable of. He might be Donald Trump's accountant. He could be. (laughs) But the Knicks need to be successful at some point, in my opinion, to make the NBA better than what it is. They do. That's my opinion. I, like anybody, everybody football. loves watching. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but everyone loves watching like playoff basketball in Madison Square Garden, and also like every major holiday, and you see like Christmas games and like Easter games, and you're watching the Knicks play, and it's meaningful. That's a great thing for everybody. It, I'm not even a Knicks fan. No, I mean I love the '90s too. I mean, no, New York is real. the mecca for basketball. Rucker Park ain't in freaking New Orleans. New Orleans. I get what you're saying, Mr. Brown. Nihilus. It's going to take a miracle for the Knicks to be good again. I'm just saying, if it is that conspiracy, I could see them hating James Dolan bad enough to try to, you know, maybe, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe it is in the best interest for the NBA to have the New York Knicks be a fantastic franchise again. And maybe the only way to do that is to stack the system so bad that James Dolan's going to get so frustrated and maybe sell the freaking team because he ain't ever going to put a product nah, together. No, nah, I don't think that's what they're looking at. But I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be a powerhouse. I feel like they need to be a competitive team that's fighting for the playoffs at least. So what, what, do the, what do the Knicks end up getting? What was their draft spot? Were they like six? Three. Were they in the top three? Yeah, they were third. All right, so one was New Orleans, number two was Memphis, and then number three was uh, New York? Yeah, and then the Lakers. Mm. Which the Lakers getting there was magical, but I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Did you all see Zion's face when he realized that it was freaking New Orleans? (laughs) They showed that video today, him laughing. He was laughing like, "Oh, oh, my God, the Pelicans. He was smiling. He was smiling nervously, just thinking, <laughs> "Oh, so much gumbo!" <laughs> it's like when you show up on a blind date. So much it, gumbo, and it's like, uh, "What's her name?" in Friday that shows up. It looks like Janet Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> that's the face he gave. Like, "Oh, you look like Jesse Jackson or Freddie Jackson." That's what he yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, he. And then, like, uh, they went back to the video feed, and he was gone. He wasn't in that room. He got out of there. I mean, and I got one more thing to say, though. To me, and I understand, like you said, why my wife was asking, why are you you watching this? Because it was borderline uncomfortable, the way Rachel Nichols made this event happen. All she talked about was uh, Zion, and you have all these other first-rounders and top-pick potential players sitting there while all they're doing slobbering over Zion's knob. And that's all they're talking about. Yeah, pretty and, much. and it's very uncomfortable because these players are like, we're ballers too. 
And I guess it's just a freaking draft, like ping pong selection show. Why are they all having to be there? I, I don't understand that. At all. Why were they there? I, you know, it's, it's the NBA's chance and opportunity to try to introduce the NBA audience to these, these kids. That's all that is. All it did was piss everybody off with Zion. I, I agree. And made him uncomfortable. Yeah, he's gonna make, he'll be number one with the bullet. That's what's gonna happen. Everybody's gonna be you know looking to knock him down. But I mean, is this just a is this just a three man draft? Is that it? And then everybody else is just kind of also rans. I mean, me and Mister Brown were talking earlier because the Bulls have the seventh pick for the third year in a row. Steph Curry was the seventh pick in the draft. Just because everyone's been so on Zion all year long, maybe some of these other guys are a little bit better than what they've been projected or built up to be. I mean, you can definitely hit a home run. I mean, I, no one's not – I'm definitely not saying that. But outside of – I mean, if I had to pick, it's going to go Zion, Morant, and, and then R.J. Barrett. Yeah. And then I don't know what the heck happens after that. And Cam Rush is going to be dog shit. He should have stayed at Duke. Uh but I mean, so if you didn't get the top three pick, you got to be like, well, <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's just a matter of who you feel like uh, your guy is. I feel like the top three, you pick an exact order, and then after that, you're just like, this guy fits our need, or this guy was high on our draft chart. I mean, but there's no clear cut player after the top three. Those top three are solid. It don't matter. I don't think it would have matter who was picking in what order. Those top three guys are going to that that's order. That's the way it goes. Yeah. After that, it's a crapshoot. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think the top three, they all look like they could be potential all-stars and everybody else just wouldn't be surprised if they're out of the league in two or three years. You put out probably the best meme of the day today. Okay. Which one was it? I don't even know. We put out a lot today. Yeah, you talking yes. about the, the female? Uh... Absolutely. All right. So you had the uh, crazy... I think a Snapchat filter where it does the opposite sex. Oh, that's and so gross! It, it turned all the quarterbacks into these sexy women. So, so like you, you got to give me an answer. Who was the hottest quarterback? Oh, you know, if, if I'm going for winners, it's got to be Tom Lady. Tom Lady? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Definitely not Peyton. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Whatever her name was. I want to. Peyton, Biggs, <laughs> who who you go with? Oh, you could put Tom Brady in there with the women; he'd still be the best looking. So I you know who he's going with. He doesn't Truth. even need the Snapchat filter. Uh uh-uh. But you got uh, it going on. You got it going on. Man, I mean, I would probably. Have, Mrs. Wilson was was doing. You like that? I like that one a lot. Okay. Cam Newton one scared me a little bit. Yeah, it scared me too. And the fact that we're like talking about who we like the best, <laughs> it scared me more than anything. He's like, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, uh, I really fantasized about Russell Wilson. Hey, I just wanted to see which one you like. <laughs> he runs from lines. Now she's gonna run from me. I only have one more thing to to ask, and uh, I was curious. We haven't talked about it, but Mr. Brown, you finally went and saw Avengers. I did. Uh, how'd you like it? 
spoiler alert. We're going to talk about this movie for a second. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give that many spoilers, but... Um, Iron Man's dead. See, I already did it, so now you can say whatever. Oh, wow. I, I roll like that. Infinity War was way better. It was. I don't feel like this is the way that uh, Marvel should wrap up the universe. And they're going to have... I, I feel like they're, they're going to have more movies. Oh, yeah. They make too much money. But, like, to wrap up the Avengers... This way, I I didn't think it was cool. I didn't like it. It just it kind of left with a bad taste in my mouth, and it kind of depressed, to be honest. It, it was a little underwhelming. And, and like, look, I am not the kind of guy that just wants to crap all over everybody's favorite movie. And every time I have a conversation with somebody about Endgame, they're always like, "Oh, so I went and saw it three times." I went, "Yeah, it wasn't that good." I probably won't watch it again. No, nah, I'm good. You know. Like, I've literally, let's be clear, I've probably already watched Infinity War at least eight times. Okay. Right now, I probably won't watch Endgame ever again. No need to. It was that bad. And I will say this, you were 100% correct that Captain Marvel, her character was so underwhelming in this movie, yeah. I didn't have to see it. Nope. And I don't think I'm ever going to see Captain Marvel. No, she has no screen presence. Her charisma was all like when you build a, a wrestler in like a PlayStation game and you want to <laughs> add charisma, she was like negative on the charts. It was the worst. She didn't match up with these other like egos and these other stars. It was so bad. So, two things on that. Apparently, the rest of the cast was mean to her. Yeah, they need to be. <laughs> I'd be mean to her too. <laughs> and then she's terrible. My brother-in-law told me that uh, I guess they shot Endgame before they shot Captain Marvel, so she's coming out with the excuse of, you know, I really wasn't into the character yet and didn't really understand. Oh God, who Captain Marvel was? Yeah, no one understands who it is. <laughs> it's a block let's, of wood. Let's be real. <laughs> no one knows who you are. Congratulations. It's terrible. I mean, it's very frustrating because, like we said last week, it's not about the female perspective. I love Wonder Woman. I love Scarlett Johansson, who was a yes. great part of that movie. I told you she had a big part in A it. big part. Yeah, she stepped up. Between her and Hawkeye. Yeah. Another spoiler. Yeah. I'm not going to say well, what happened. I don't know what happened there. Soulstone. Uh, yeah. But, but even before that, like at the like she's the one running the show, right? Yeah. She was, she was leading it all together. Yeah. It's disappointing. The only saving grace for me personally is the fact that I know there's going to be another Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor in it. Yes, that looks fantastic. That'll be great. Yeah, that that's that. There was no end credit scene for Endgame, you know, but that was at the very end of the movie, and that was worth getting to the end just so you knew that was coming. Oh, that was cool, and I'm I'm just I was very sad. Me and my wife went to uh, dinner. We had some, I, I had some drinks, let's be clear. <laughs> and uh, then we went to the movies and uh, we watched that and it was very underperforming. And I was just like, man, I wish we had just stayed at dinner. This is terrible. You went home and beat your kids. <laughs> no, but I should have. <laughs> uh, oh, it was bad. It's, it, I don't like it. It, it It's... It's disappointing because you feel like it should have been so much better. I feel like I got ripped off. The potential was there. I feel like I, it was something was taken from me. So I'm going to make it worse for you real quick. Just a couple questions. Okay. So if 
they you know they they went in time and they went and got the infinity stones at different points in time right yeah. they had to go through these elaborate little ruses to try to get them which right? was ridiculous and then like when they screwed up then they realized just go get more of the time particles or whatever like why not do that first just to be safe because they're idiots yeah uh and but my bigger question is why is it that nebula can summon Thanos's entire ship, a specific item, out of a place in time and bring it immediately to that time in Earth? Like, shouldn't they have just done that with the stupid rocks? Like, shouldn't they just, like, oh, let's just pull the Infinity Stones here to this time? Like, if you could pull Thanos's ship, if you knew where they were, like, I don't understand. Makes no sense. <sighs> Just saying. I, I agree with you. It was very confusing. Like, how are you going to pick and choose what what's going to work in the the, the time realm or when, whatever when you, you want to call it? Time stuff. It's screwed. Up. Just like how they. And this is another thing I don't understand. They say that if you go back in time and you change the past, <laughs> yeah, that it creates a new future. It doesn't change the present, right? So if that's the case. Why does Captain America go back in time? But it clearly did affect his present because then he became an old man in that time. Shouldn't yeah. he have not ever come back? Well, no, because it creates a new timeline. I don't know. I guess it went back and knocked up Agent Carter and <laughs> called it a career. I don't know. They can't. They can't do this. <laughs> The movie's so stupid. He came back out, and I was like, this is killing me. He's like, here, son, take my shield. Doesn't even give it to Bucky. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, you give it to this freaking guy who you smoked around the Washington Monument, like, time six. <laughs> it's like, I know I barely know you, brother, but here's my shield. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm the, what's he called, the Falcon or something? Yeah, it's the Falcon. I'm glad I got that because he was so irrelevant. <laughs> uh, well, on the bright side, you know, you, you got a you got a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, you got a Doctor Strange movie. Is there another one coming yeah, out? They're doing another Doctor. I like Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, so I'm excited that. for that. And then you got Black Panther two and Spider Man Far From Home. I'm not excited for Spider Man at all. I'm not feeling it either. But my 13 year old is so. Hey, man.